Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In contemporary rural Iceland, a wayward nine-year-old girl, Soul, is sent to her distant to the distant countryside for a summer uh, to work and mature. Nature seems endless there, and the animals soulful, but the people are harsh, all except for a mysterious farmhand, Yun, who, as Soul herself, likes words better than people. And we'll leave it there because uh, it is just a really beautiful film. It's a, a story that I think everyone could relate to about transitioning from that part of your life where you're starting to understand things around you, you're starting to become more involved with an adult world and trying to figure things out. And uh, we're joined today by the director of The Swan, and that's Osa Hirzlif Dostif. Hi. Uh, hi, Osa. Thank you. How, how are you? I'm great. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm really good. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for inviting me to to your show. Oh, you're so welcome. I I loved your film, and for a lot of reasons. Uh, as I was trying to describe earlier, the story of coming of age of Soul, and and her mm-hmm. relationship to her own family seems to be a little bit frayed. And as she comes out to visit, is it her great aunt and uncle? Is that if I got that correct? Um. Yeah. It's her. Her, uh, it's basically her mother's her mother's mother's uh, aunt yeah, sister, um, yeah. yeah her, her grandmother's sister is yeah. that great is that great yeah that's american aunt? we call a great aunt <laughs> so great aunt, yeah so it's so, a great aunt and uncle yeah and so yeah and they have this cu- this daughter her cousin that she's yeah we also of course meet in the movie and so it's like this distant part of her family that maybe she's met them once or twice but is is this not really this film has what feels like and correct me if i'm wrong it feels like there's a there's a bit of your story in this is is that i you i saw in an interview you mentioned this is kind of a tradition for icelandic children to visit the countryside to sort of connect with with nature it's sort of a, a, a tradition is this a story that comes somewhat from from your own experiences yeah it is um yeah, in general, I mean, up until my generation, or I guess, yeah, it's kind of only, only receding now, this tradition of sending city kids to the countryside for a few weeks, at least during the summer, to kind of teach them how to work and work on a farm. And I mean, this, yeah, this is, this used to be a really common thing that almost everybody did. And um, maybe it's because it's only Iceland was such a rural society until only recently and and so people have this feeling that you don't really you're not really a real person like, unless you know how to work on a farm that city mm-hmm. the city folks are just sort of a bit more um which i mean they are i mean detached from the just really how the how the world works in terms of the soil and the animals and everything and so um so, so this yeah this is like a really common thing so everybody um older than 30-something, or in, or in their 30s and older, who sees the movie, most likely will have had, like, a similar experience at some point in their lives. Um, but, but yeah, I, I I mean, on a personal level, I, I, uh, I, in the winter, my parents separated, and in the winter, and most of the year, I would be living with my mom in the city and abroad also, and including the States. We also lived there for a while, and, um, but in the summers, I would go visit my father, who, uh, 
lived full time then and sort of part time now in that in the exact location that where we shot the movie. So he um oh. he wasn't a, he wasn't a farmer, but he he lived there. And his parents were my grandparents were certainly farmers, and and so I would go every summer and and do a lot of the sort of similar kinds of work that Sol is doing, like the milking the cows and. Especially this daily routine of driving them out into the fields and then catching them, um, and yeah, so that was all very familiar and and certainly just the just you know just like the feelings that she is experiencing this slight homesickness in the beginning and estrangement yeah. and then becoming more attached. That's all yeah. all stuff that I I remember vividly. At the beginning of the film, there's some talk about her sort of a sort of a ne'er-do-well or so she's she has had some issues with getting into trouble i guess is a better way to put that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh although i really didn't see much evidence of it in the film and she she claims to uh other than maybe uh, a a futile attempt to sort of obfuscate the truth with her great aunt there at the beginning Mm -hmm. she seems Mm -hmm. like a very good kid a very good nine-year-old girl who is not happy to be there, as you said initially, and sort of a fish out of water, but but it doesn't take long for her to to begin to feel wanted and to feel a part of this sort of this this enterprise of of a farm, which involves mm-hmm. everyone. I'm, as you probably know better than anyone, when you're on a farm, everyone works, everyone pitches in in some way. So the sense of community yeah. develops pretty quickly in the film with her. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, um, yeah, and I think that you know, and in the, because the book is based on the novels, uh, based on the novel, it, and in the novel, it's a bit more clear that she, that she shop shoplifting, and I think it even um, is said that she's stolen from seven or eight local stores, which is something okay. of a kleptomaniac, and and that and and um, and that she's that's why she's being sent away, apart from just the general, just the tradition of. of of sending kids to the countryside, but um, but one of the things the writer mentioned when we, when I was <clears throat> starting to adapt the book was that he actually wanted to <clears throat> he wanted to take out this whole stealing thing, and I and while I didn't agree that it should be fully taken out, and and I didn't take it fully out, I I think I know why he said that, and I think that it was my feeling also to just sort of make it more make that part less important to somehow uh, make it be much more just about this rite of passage of of um you know being sent away from the from the place that you know you know and and sort of having to um and just this journey of kind of trying on different versions of yourself right. and something that you've taken for granted you know is no longer for, taken for granted and you you're kind of realizing that you'll you're becoming older and and all of that the sort of bigger threads of the journey i I was more interested in them than the yeah. Well, than the theft. well, so as a viewer, it takes out that sort of uh, suspicion of her motives, and, and you're able to right. focus more on her as just just a, a, a nine year old who seems without guile to me. She doesn't seem to be pre mm-hmm. pre uh, disposed to you know an agenda of some kind. She is mm-hmm. trying. To, it, it immediately focuses our attention on the character as someone who is trying to figure out who she is. And, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. why, 
and and then she's surrounded by nothing but adults. Well, well there are some kids around, but mostly she's around adults yeah. who have yeah. who have bigger fish to fry in terms of their own issues. Certainly in the yeah. film. So uh, and through them, she she she. But she's she the the actress who you uh, who you got to do this and help me with her pronunciation is Grima Valsdortir. Valsdortir. Yeah. Yeah. Is wonderful. She's she's a terrific. Uh, sort of presence in the film. She likes a, a lot of young actress actors. They have they don't have. There's not a lot of pretense to their no. performance. Tell us a little bit about her and sort of the character, but also how you got how you found her. Yeah, um, she's she's wonderful. I mean, I she's a wonderful person. I, I didn't find her, you know, all by myself because she she was <laughs> she was already doing theater when I found her one night when I you know when I was um when I was starting to cast the swan and but I, I was actually so nervous about this or at least so concerned about finding the right girl for this movie that um together with my producers we decided to do a short film before the swan to test the potential actress to be to be sold to be the girl that would have you know involve a similar character of the same age and so I wrote this short film that, um, uh, well, you know, it's a, it's a short film in its own right, and it's also done the festival circuit. But it uh, one of the one of the reasons was also just to start looking for the Swan Girl, and mm. and I had seen I think a hundred girls, and um, and they were all you know wonderful, and it's so hard to to say no to to child actors, and and you know because they were all great, but they you know they weren't somehow the I hadn't found the girl I was looking for, and I really wanted someone that that had sort of secrets in her eyes, or somehow that you would just look at her and and almost be able to at least imagine what she's thinking. And yeah, and then somebody recommended this wonder kid. I think that was the phrase used. You know, you know, there's this amazing girl. Um, she's now playing in this production of Pippi Longstocking in the theater, <laughs> in the Reykjavik City Theater, <laughs> and. Um, and you should go check her out. And I, I went to see the play, and she was actually—I don't know if—I uh, guess Americans are familiar with Pippi Longstocking, this, this Swedish well, character. I am, a, but I know, I know who she you is. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like a fun kid story, and she was playing Grima. My actress was playing like a monkey that was Pippi's monkey friend, so mm-hmm. like a tap dancing monkey, which is, of course, <laughs> if you've seen the movie, it's as different from the <laughs> tone of the character in the movie as possible but but she certainly was amazing and then I saw um, before I went to see the play I had seen also a little Christmas special kids TV show that she was in that was much closer to the swan and I thought she was quite exceptional there and and so I went to so I met up with her after the play and I pitched my short film to her you know not mentioning the swan yet obviously and and she was very hard to get you <laughs> know she just said uh-huh, yeah, well, look, I'm really busy, but I'll think about it, you know, I, I'm, and it's true, she was really busy. At, at that point, she was not, she was nine years old, or eight going on nine, and, um, and then she did think about it, and she did, she ended up, uh, wanting to be in the short, and we did the short, and it went really well, the, our collaboration, and I could just, I just knew she could do it, and, mm. and it was a really, uh, 
and, and and it was a really nice moment because it was sort of a mutual longing. You know, I, I wanted her to be in the swan, and she, at that point, had found out about the swan and really wanted to be in that also. And so we... So that was that. And then some time passed um, for the funding to kick in and everything. So it was... I think she was 11 when we then did the film. Mm-hmm. The swan. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and now she's 13, and... And she, yeah, and she just is a very intuitive actor. She really, um, you know, she'll, I would say, we would rehearse a lot, of course, but then on set, you know, I would say things to her and she would just sort of take them in and and never do anything she didn't believe. You know, she would just sort of do it in her own way that would, that would be a way that she would feel right about. And it was always, it always was somehow almost perfect. And you, when you watch the movie, most of what you see of her is the first or second take, mm. you know, which is not, which is quite unusual for, you know, yeah. for any actor, actually. Yeah. Well, she's terrific. There's a, a, a slew of other actors around her that do a wonderful job. Uh, we yeah, ma- we mentioned you. Yon, uh, who uh, is the farmhand, and then the daughter uh, is also, and I f- don't have her name in front of me. Is it Nina? It's Nina, right? No. Uh, Alfa. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And yeah. and, and uh, they're they're all terrific. You've surrounded her, and that's always I, I imagine a challenge when you have uh, a very young actor in a in a in such an important role, having sort of a safety net around them with uh, yeah. accomplished actors certainly is is very helpful. Um, and and leads it ends up uh, enhancing her performance as well. Yeah, and I think that it's nice that you say that, and I think that they all had such a, they all trusted each other so much, and, and for us to me and Prima, the little girl, and for me, and for, you know, for, it was all very, so important that there was just this, um, also because of the sort of delicate natures of some of the scenes, it was really yeah. crucial just to have this complete trust and, um, like, as you said, like a safety, like feeling that all was, everything was safe, and... Right. And it really was that way, and I think that was um, more important, or at least equ- at least equally important, as you know, just re- rehearsing the scenes or, right. or all the other more traditional prep work. Well, well, in a, in addition to this uh, cast that you've surrounded her with, the and the other major character in the film, this one is uh, is nature, and yeah. and and you're sort of the the way you play with the idea of water in the film, and will certainly. Uh, the elements of being on a farm and the realities, the sort of harsh realities for someone who isn't used to that, that this sort of cycle of life, if you will, on the farm, and then nature itself mm-hmm. being in this beautiful, incredible um, uh, part of uh, Iceland. Um, that's also, again, it's a character in the film. It, it has, a, it has a, an impact on all of their lives in some way or another. Um, mm-hmm. And I just love that interaction. I love that part of a, uh, the film and how you're able to, again, the, the idea water is prominently featured in at various very crucial points in the film uh, as a rite of passage, as as a lot of other sort of things mm-hmm. that are, are impacting the characters. Mm-hmm. Is that what yeah, you... We, we, Go ahead. Yeah, we really, um, I, with nature especially, I really thought a lot about this in, in every stage, like in the screenwriting and the directing, and then again, a lot in the editing. 
that it wouldn't be gratuitous, you know, that it, or that it wouldn't just be a, a pretty backdrop because it's so easy to do that in Iceland because it's just so there's so much unique nature, and I think you know it's just hard to not be swept away by it. And um, but I really wanted the nature shots to be connected to the character psyche and the the journey that they were on, or or vice versa, you know, that it was somehow that they were all connected, you know, the calf is connected to the girl and the, um, you know, the swan, the, 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 the mythical swan, um, I won't say more about it, not, yeah. to be, not to give any plot spoilers, but the idea of the swan is connected to the farmhand and the, there's a horse that's connected to the daughter and it's, a, it's all very, they all seem like, you no know, human nature and nature, they're just two sides. I wanted it to feel like two sides of the same emotional thread somehow. And and so linking linking it all to the, you know, having like a moment where so the little girl is really furious with something and then cutting from her, you know, taut face to like a, a river that's sort of flowing in an aggressive way, you know, that, yeah. that kind of stuff um, helped me in sort of using it as building blocks. Um, and we, so we were always very, you know, we were kind of strict in the editing room also, you know, like, no, 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 this is becoming too, too much like a travel catalog here. Like, we, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't have this, even though it looks nice, just, um, keeping it, just keep, yeah, really keeping it connected to the, to the emotional journey. And because it's really true that you can find, you know, you, you can find emotions in nature and you can, you can see them manifest themselves yeah. in in, in in nature just like you can see them in people's faces and I think it's kind of interesting to, to connect the two. Also because Icelanders don't really we don't we're not like a culture that talks about our our emotions a lot and it's and people like many other Nordic countries, you know, it's often very you know, there's a reservedness about it all and yeah. and so that was also something I was thinking about. But maybe if a nature could somehow express the things that that people can't <laughs> express with words. Yes, 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 uh, That and, and it does come across that way. Well, it's a wonderful film. Uh, congratulations on The Swan. and you. And your future work. I, I hope you'll come back uh, when you've got a, another project uh, ready to be born into the world. So uh, thank you so much. Osa, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, just... Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the film. All right. Those of you listening that might go see it. <laughs> Also, here's here's Liv Dostev. Thank you. Bye bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.